And I think of that sometimes when people come in and they instantly give me that vibe of who I was in second grade going to play basketball for the first time. They walk in here like, I'm not into this. I'm here because my wife told me to be here. Or I'm in here because my friends tricked me into coming. But it's highly doubtful. My friends told me there'd be McDonald's after, so let's just hurry this up. (laughs) Excuse me, is the McDonald's downstairs? Welcome to the Fat Pratt Chat, everyone. I am happy to be here, and I hope you can all say the same. So what that was in reference to, the McDonald's, uh, you'll you'll understand where that came from. It actually came from uh, James's past and how he was bribed into doing things he didn't like to do. Uh, in, this, in today's episode, additionally, we have working out through pain, James's pants, putting on so much muscle you can't fit through doorways, James is a second-grade basketball all-star. McDonald's chicken nuggets, you already knew that one. Tricking people into going to our gym. The extinction of the dinosaurs. And finally, what James and I suspect happened to our ancestors who put on muscle as quickly as some people are worried they might. And that's all I'm giving you as a little teaser today. Enjoy, guys. We are on episode seven already. I hope you guys have liked the first six. These are getting more enjoyable each time we do them. I don't know if I said that last time, but I feel that way. So it's even if you're not enjoying them, we're enjoying them. Yeah. And that's all that really matters, actually. Put it this way. If you listen to episode one or two or one, two or one, two, three, and then you stopped, I'm very disappointed. Because if you listen to those first couple, like a trial, <laughs> oh, like foreshadowing trial, again. <laughs> then I hope you continue listening and are enjoying every moment that you're listening. And if you stopped, you missed out on some of our better ones because mm. we're getting better here every episode. Yep. yep. Definitely. So we hope you're enjoying your listening experience at this point. And if at some point you do stop listening, let us know why. I can't promise that we care, but at least <laughs> love to get the feedback. Just kidding. Of course we care. Uh, so I put some, I put some uh, question sticker thingy on my Instagram. I got a lot of good questions. I don't think we're going to go over any of those today. I'm saving them for a future. Um, but you guys have a lot of good questions, so keep asking them. We just got to find out ways to get you to ask them, and then we'll know how to answer them. Here's a today. question. Here's a question, a question before we get into the questions. A question, a question before the question. The question before the question. Before the cue before the cue. A question that I received just a couple hours ago is, what's up with the pants? Oh, I wanted to go here today. I meant to go here. I beat you to <laughs> so it. So glad you brought this up. So I don't consider this a change of style. I didn't have some like. Hang on, nobody knows crisis. what pants you're wearing right now. I, yeah, to, we'll to, get there. No, we'll no, get no. There. We need to talk about this. <laughs> we'll get there. But I'm suddenly being uh, being stopped and told like, "Hey, what's up with the pants? Like, uh, you know, I've never seen you in khakis before or anything like that." And oh, you're dressing more professional. No, 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 no. These are joggers, and they're incredibly comfortable. They're the same color as khakis, um, and I love them. And I could exercise in them if I wanted to. Not that I do a workout, but I could demonstrate if I'm doing an assessment. I think you should do your next Instagram workout in the pants. Yeah, and then maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll try to get an advertisement spot with Bird Dogs. Yeah, this is our second time mentioning them, so yeah, they got to be listening. Eminem, Bird Dogs, who else? (laughs) We're coming for all you guys. Uh, but yeah, I don't consider this. I just want to defend myself here for a second with all the comments about the the pants and change of style, more professional. Absolutely not. No, it's winter, so I needed pants. So I got a bunch of pants. And then for Christmas, I received a bunch. So there's more pants in the wardrobe now. It's the first time I'm wearing pants since it's become winter. And uh, some of these pants these days seem to look more stylish. So even though they look professional, they're still just like comfortable joggers. So um, I just want to make it clear that there is no push towards professionalism. Well, I'm going to ask a question on behalf of everybody right now. And what's wrong with your old baggy pants? It, it, you know, you had plenty of old baggy pants you could have worn. They're still Why there. Get new tight ones. They're still there. Um, I felt when I purchased these, these are, to be perfectly honest, these are, I think, XLs, which I thought would be large on me and somewhat baggy relative oh. to how more, most people. So you tried wear to them. buy baggy pants. Yes. But since I have so much muscle <laughs> in my lower half, 
I just, I have, you know, the, the quads are popping out. I could work on the glutes area a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, and the thighs, I don't know. Like, you, you have to go, like, triple XL on these if you actually want them to be somewhat baggy. So the intent was to have baggier pants than what these appear to be. But they make up for the lack of bagginess by being somewhat uh, mobile. The pants are mobile. Pants are mobile. The pants are They've mobile. been working on they range of motion. <laughs> this company knows what's up. Stitch they to listen to our mobility podcast. <laughs> the stretches have been stretching. The stitches have been stretching. So I'm curious now if you show now if you show up in springtime, shorts weather, summer, summer and springtime. Mm. Are your shorts now above your knees? Because then that's a real that. big style change. I knew it was going there. Have you bought new shorts? No, yet? <laughs> I will not be borrowing Kyle's shorts at all. I don't at know about this. Spring. I no feel way. like it's coming. No way. Does Bird Dog make shorts? They do. I have a couple oh. of pairs, and they are oh. knee height. They are knee height. Only if you wear them low. And and that's like the extra long. So you have to overcompensate for how people that, make their pants. They make and shorts an extra long. They don't make a one size short. No, it's like uh, they have three options, I think. And I've got the longest version just to make it down to the kneecap, because that's just <laughs> how people make their shorts and pants these days. You ask for a size above what you generally would, and they're still tight. You ask for a length greater than what you think you would have to get, and they're just barely making the kneecap. It's really discriminatory. Yeah, and you know, like I just I miss how things were back in the day. Back in the 90s? Yeah. You just buy a pair of shorts and they were, you know, high shins. You got the Jinkos in the 90s. They were <laughs> as baggy as – you could put your whole body in one side of those things. Our, the people listening to this must have had a pair of those. Everybody had a pair of them in the 90s in school. Mm, I don't know if the people that are listening to this were in school in the 90s. Really? <laughs> so I'm the oldest one here. No offense to those members that are in their 50s or 60s. Which we're assuming that they know how to listen to a podcast. Kidding. Kidding. Jeez. Shots fired. <laughs> Kidding. Oh, Let's move on to the questions. Enough, enough of the bird dog pants talk. We have two really good questions today. First one being, let's jump right into it. I don't want to get big muscles and look manly. Should I lift weights? Mm. This is something that I've heard and you've heard many, many times. Many times. Yeah. So should this person... Or these people who are asking this question lift weights. Oof. All right. So uh, this comes up all the time in assessments. And um, generally it's from women who are very lean uh, or some that have body composition goals. They want to lose fat. And they're under the impression that lifting weights is the, the sole reasoning to lifting weights is to gain muscle. And there's nothing else beneficial that can kind of come of it besides that. And... Um, and I think other fitness programs and routines have kind of fed into that thought by promoting less resistance training and more lengthening and toning of muscles and cardiovascular work to say that when we do this, we work on toning. We don't do that lifting weight stuff that gets you big and bulky like these women that are uh, competing at the national level for bodybuilding that are potentially taking um, supplements that none of our members would ever even consider taking. Um, so ultimately, the answer uh, to everybody is, like, we need to resistance train to meet your, your goals. Your goal is to get leaner and more toned. We need to add minimum preserve muscle mass, uh, potentially build a little bit if you want to get as lean as humanly possible. Um, but the fear of getting too big is, is just unreasonable. And with the amount of members that we have, I've always said this to everybody that we've ever done an assessment with, if the day comes where you think that you got too big, let us know and we will stop resistance training altogether. Yeah. Has that happened to Zero. anybody? Zero people. Not once. Um, but that being said, when designing the program for some of these, um, it's men and women, to be honest. Like, there's plenty of men who say, like, you know, I really just want to get lean and toned. I don't want to get bulky. I feel like I need a lot of cardio and maybe just a little bit of lightweight lifting. But when designing their program it makes it easier to follow, to follow a progressive overload scheme and start them at something relatively easy uh, because they perceive what is originally easy as something that's not building a ton of muscle. So when we get somebody who comes in and says, you know, I don't really want to lift too heavy right now because I don't want to get too big, um, it allows us to not deal with someone who wants to push themselves too hard in the gym at first from a resistance training standpoint. Because there are some of those members that come in who say, oh, these weights are too light for me, where 
they haven't really done anything in the past few months to justify going any heavier than what they currently are. And we kind of want to set a good foundation of strength uh, and work capacity before we start pushing them in the weights too much. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to design the program that we're training them at a moderately challenging resistance training level, and then we can build on that. But as we build on that, we've kind of gained their trust, and they're not seeing uh, you know, 30 pounds of muscle gain in their first program. And then once they realize that they're getting to look the way they want to based on how we're training them, they build trust in us, which allows us to go the more optimal route of programming going forward once that's established. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this question. It hits close to home, too, because my wife, who, who will probably listen to this, is, is in that, that side where she's very, very worried about resistance training. And we've talked about this. I'm not saying anything she doesn't know. but This is the first um, time they've ever, they ever <laughs> talked about this. Be careful. <laughs> um, where, where she's very afraid of getting too much muscle too quickly. And she claims, and she might have a little validity to this claim, that she puts on muscle quickly. And looking at her brother and herself and, like, the minimal amount of training that they do sometimes and seemingly, like, have a good amount of muscle mass for their body size and their relative weight, she might be kind of right that she might be in some low percentage of the population that does happen to put on muscle a little quicker than others. However... I don't think she's trained resistance-wise long enough to know if that's true. I think what happens is um, there's a there's a perception that, like, I feel like my muscle's getting huge. Like, I feel it working and it's going to get big. And I don't want this particular muscle, mostly the arms, uh, to get any bigger than they are because I'm quite happy with what they look like now. Um, so, so she does uh, do, like, at-home workouts and stuff that seems to work well for her. Um, and she has been considering lately – Maybe doing a couple of sessions wow. a year, which is huge. Let's go, Joy. So we need everybody to get on her case. <laughs> joy, 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 everybody. Uh, uh, the thing about Joy is she's really lean. Yes, good point. She's I was getting really there. Lean. Very lean. So go ahead and say what you're going to say. So, I think yeah, say. so I, I think if she is to start resistance training, if the muscles start to show a little bit more with how lean she already is, then maybe she thinks that her muscles are getting too big. And then, too, you mentioned it already – it's working for her. I mean, she's pretty happy with how she currently looks. Um, so it's, you know, it's not necessarily a situation where we would have to discuss with her, hey, you want to change your body dramatically, so we need to do resistance training. You know, she's pretty content with um, how her body looks at the moment. So it's a tough sell to have her dramatically change her current approach. If, uh, you know, you give credit to her eating habits, obviously. She is, she's a, well, she's a dietitian or nutritionist. Something like uh, that. health coach, but not, yeah. not really doing much with it right now. Oh, big personally. into like big into but she, nutrition. She knows how to handle stuff. herself as far as nutrition goes, yeah. and she keeps me in line as well. Yeah, Joy, I, I, Joy, I need you to keep me in line too. I'm struggling <laughs> over here, stressful time of the year, January. Um, but yeah, ultimately, with her being super lean, I think it's uh, it's even tougher to change her mind on something like that versus someone coming in that says. I want to change my body, and I think resistance training is bad. You know, that's uh, that's a little bit easier, I think, to change someone's mind who has that uh, thought process and is coming from uh, from the perspective of I want to change my body. Um, yeah, just to follow up on the the leanness thing, um, when you get leaner, your muscles appear bigger. Like in pictures and just looking at them in a the mirror, like the more definition you have, it will look as though your muscles are actually bigger. So talking about people who are already kind of lean, and um, I, I think, you know, specifically women here who don't want bigger arms uh, or upper body muscles, I think that's what we're really talking about at the moment. So to relate that back to somebody that came in here, one of our members, and I did an assessment with her. And uh, she was very adamant, like, I really do not want my arms to get any bigger. I'm quite happy with the way they look now. I want to work a lot on lower body. I want to add muscle there. I want to work on my abs if possible. And I really want to work on my back, like specifically. So I had to have a conversation and say, look, we're not going to give you specific bicep and tricep exercises if you're telling me you don't want to change your biceps and triceps. However, you have to realize if you want to do something with your back, you have to pull stuff, right? Like... She was pretty well-versed in exercise, so she understood like a lat pull-down or a horizontal row will involve some level of bicep. And I'm like, is that okay with you? Because like you're, you're giving me mixed messages here, and I need to get clear on like what we're allowed to put in your program so we don't you know, make you uh, 
disenjoy exercise. So we gave mm-hmm. her a lot of lower body. We gave her minimal upper body pushing and pulling, uh, but had the conversation first, like, hey, you're going to feel some triceps and biceps when you push and pull things. Is that okay? Yes, that's okay. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. And like when you think of the stuff that we've discussed in regards to like hypertrophy and building muscle, the amount of really challenging working sets that you have to do over the course of a week. And now think of what uh, the average member that we have coming in that's relatively new to exercise, they're first getting exposed to resistance training. Think about the discrepancy in overall volume between those two members. And like to us, that's why you'll hear trainers like find this laughable when a member comes in and says that like they'll do a few exercises and say like, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna get too big if I'm doing this. And from our perspective and what we know, you're so far from optimal muscle gain um, with the amount of overall work that you're doing over the course of a week that it's it's almost uh, it's almost laughable for someone who's like who understands uh, how to optimally build hypertrophy. Um, so you know, you know. Meanwhile, you think of the exercise selection. Like if someone's doing a goblet squat and they're handling, you know, 25, 30 pounds, it's a great exercise for so many different reasons. Uh, but it wouldn't necessarily make the cut of like the best muscle building exercise for lower body. You know, there's uh, other machines that we could do that could probably stress the local muscles better. Uh, barbell exercises could be an easier way to load the exercise to try to stimulate more lower body muscle. So things like that, um, you know, and when someone does like a goblet squat holding a 15 or 20 pound dumbbell and then they think that their legs are going to get too big from it, um, it is almost like laughable. But we understand as a profession that we have to educate these people to know that they're probably nowhere close to getting too big. The exercises that they're currently doing isn't promoting muscle gain to a degree um, that they need to be concerned of uh, not being able to fit through a doorway in the next few weeks, <laughs> you know, uh, and stuff like that, you know. But it's it's on us to make sure we educate everybody to let them know because I think they are um, they've been exposed to information um, from marketing and you know fitness related uh, infomercials that say like uh, don't do this because you know you'll get big like these people and if you want to get toned let's you know put our leg up on a bar and. Uh, stretch it and then do a bunch of pulses or let's do this uh, high impact high intensity exercise where we jump back and forth on one leg despite being 40 pounds 50 pounds 60 pounds overweight Um, you know which I would consider way more dangerous than putting on a couple pounds of muscle by the way it is my goal to not fit through doors so let's see if we can make that happen in the next couple years I do want to put on tons of muscle hopefully you get taller because you're nowhere close to widthwise not being able to (laughs) Uh, okay let's let's touch on one thing real quick we don't have to go into why about this but i do want to talk about because what you were saying reminded me of newbie gains if you're not familiar with the term newbie gains essentially there is a time in your life when you haven't trained for a very long period of time at least with resistance uh, being weights or maybe you've never done it all where you will experience a period where you will gain muscle kind of rapidly in the beginning, but it's not going to last. And if it did, everybody would be a bodybuilder easily. And then, like you said, it's very hard to continue to put on muscle. So is there a time uh, in the first month or two when people could see a little bit of rapid muscle growth that might scare them? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely happened before. And when they first start, and I think if it's attached to a calorie surplus, which is not uncommon, if you just start a resistance training, you're eating a little bit more than usual and you're lifting a little bit more than usual. Yeah. And despite it not being like the optimal hypertrophy or muscle building program, you still put on a little bit of muscle uh, and you start to be a little con- get a little concerned with, oh, well, at this rate, exactly. by, by next yeah. year, if, if this continues huge. at this rate. Yes. Yeah. Which, mind you, I thought the same thing when I was 15 years old, 14 years old. Couldn't wait for it. And I started it. lifting. Like, yes, and I'm it's like, happening. These weights are going up like crazy. Muscles getting put on like crazy. I'm going to look like the guy in the magazine in two years, no problem. Uh, but things definitely slow down. There's a desensitization to, uh, you know, resistance training in general. You know, the same as like becoming an expert in uh, any category of education. Once you learn a ton about it. It's really hard to come about new information and get more intelligent at the same rate as when you knew nothing. Um, and hypertrophy kind of falls in the same line. Once you expose yourself to it more and more, it gets more challenging to have yeah. new adaptations take place. As Could you imagine if continues. it wasn't like that? I mean, oh, that's, that's I like, it's like it's built into our DNA for oh, a reason because if we were out, you know. Because in they'd the... have to make bigger doorways <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, 
if we were out in a hunter-gatherer scenario, we're picking up stones and building houses and this stuff. Like, could you imagine if you just kept putting on more and more and more muscle to the point where you like couldn't walk and couldn't move, and like you needed so many calories to sustain that muscle? Like, you would die. That's so true. It's so it's interesting. And more to think importantly, about that. by the time you build the house, you can't fit in it. Yeah, and you have to build. That's a, a real problem. <laughs> Those of us that survived hundreds and thousands of years ago, we survived because we were the ones that didn't get too big. Yeah, to those not guys and those those men and women that put on tons of muscle, built houses, couldn't get they inside. They all died off. They got cold outside. <laughs> this is what happened. Clearly, uh, what's that called when uh, archaeologists? No, what's it called when? Um, oh, so I, I thought know you were going to say that we we basically are archaeologists. No, what's the? Gee, uh, like, like the evolutionary Definitely. process of like. Well, when those die off, that can't... Survival of the fittest. Yeah. yeah no, like that's not that. what you Yeah, want. it's not what I was looking for, but it applies. And uh, the survival of the fittest, the fittest in this situation, are those that didn't get too much muscle to not be able to Weird. <laughs> fit into the so covering. The survival of the, the fittest. At one point, we were too not fit. the fittest, <laughs> but could fit through doors. We're going to put that in the title of this podcast, I think. What are we going to put? Something about those that put on way too much muscle. Oh, how can we shorten they this? They died off, yeah. Yeah. The death, the, uh, like the dinosaurs, you know, the, the death of those that were too jacked. Yeah, because there wasn't a meteor for the dinosaurs that killed them. <laughs> they definitely got too much muscle, couldn't fit in their houses either. Um, well, this podcast has certainly entered areas we didn't intend on going to. <laughs> dinosaurs, a word we didn't expect to say today. Dinosaurs. Uh, all right. Have we covered everything in our first question? I think so. I think we have. The point being, it's it's hard to get big muscles, especially when this question is asked by a female who already have it a little tougher to put on muscle than a male, just genetically speaking. Um, let's move on to question two. This is I've had I've been here many times in my old age. <laughs> how can I? How can I work out when I have back pain? Slash, what somebody told me literally this week. One of our members who showed up said, should I be working out right now because they had back pain? So let's answer that. Yeah, we had an assessment this week too with the very same exact uh, same exact quote. I, mean, I don't know if I should be working out. I've had back pain for the last couple of months. Um, ever since I became more sedentary, which isn't always the issue um, or why people have back pain. But in this case, uh, you know, since the pandemic hit, I've been more sedentary. My back's been bothering me pretty much around the clock. Uh, to a to a low level, not to the point of not being able to walk, but uh, I feel it a little bit if I bend over and I, I reach for something on the ground. Um, so I don't even know if I can work out right now. So that's why we do an assessment. So we gather that information. And one, let's start off with saying that if you are feeling pain to the degree that you need to see a professional, please do so. Uh, physical therapists, chiropractors, whatever the situation is, see a pain specialist um, if necessary. Uh, but from a training standpoint, We'll do the assessment and we'll see what's tolerable for you because there are people that have back pain that if we do something very elementary and they feel pain, we now know that that's eliminated from our movement patterns that they could potentially train in. And that can go as far as someone who's in physical therapy uh, and then they're training with us at the same time and we only do upper body and core work that is pain-free. But the simple rule is if it's pain-free, we could probably do it. And we could monitor your symptoms over the next day or so to see if what we did didn't give you back pain in the moment, but potentially exacerbated it over time, mm, yeah. um, you know, which is important to know that, you know, oh, yeah, it didn't bother me, but that night it was terrible, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, but, but the assessment will do all of the basic movement patterns and will perform all the basic exercises to a lesser level uh, to see if you can actually do these exercises to some degree to put you through a training program. And more often than not, uh, what we find is, if you, we coach you up really well uh, from a technical standpoint of each of the exercises and we load you appropriately and we don't say, oh, you have back pain, great, let's do heavy double leg exercises. Uh, that's probably not uh, in the game plan for you if you're experiencing back pain at the moment. But a lot of people have no issues doing single leg or split stance, you know, lunges and split squats and stuff like that. Um, and they could also probably do like bridges and thrusts that work the opposing musculature of the lower body. And if you could do those two things, then like we could still train full body. You know, if, uh, if you could still do planks pain-free and, you know, you could do stuff like that, then from a lower body perspective where it's a little bit riskier from a low back pain standpoint, you could still pretty much do everything. 
upper body, you'll probably be fine. Maybe the hardest thing that you'll have to do is pick up a dumbbell, which you could rest on the bench to not have to pick them up off the ground. But more often than not, we could still train just about every movement pattern if it's appropriately loaded with optimal technique. And very rarely do we hit the, the situation with a member that, oh yeah, we have to completely eliminate lower body training because you're in excruciating pain, but you still want to train and you're simultaneously seeing a pain specialist. Yeah, it does happen. But like you said, very, very rarely. I think most of the time, and this example that I have included, the person can still come in and get a good workout and they generally feel better. I mean, I'm not going to put that over everybody's back pain, you know, because everybody's very uh, different and there's prior surgeries involved. Like another person I'm thinking of now is a very complicated case. Um, But a lot of times in my own experience, like you come in, we keep you out of pain. Like you said in the assessment, we're going to avoid all this stuff anyway. Or if you've developed back pain recently for any reason that even if you're not sure of, we'll just, all right, does it hurts when you do what? Like show me or tell me. Okay, cool. So that is a, a hinging type of pattern. Let's try to stay away from that for today. Or that's, you know, um, a flexion-based exercise for your abdominals. Let's not do that today. Let's find another core exercise that you can try to do. So we'll make those modifications on the spot. And this example I had this past week, somebody came in, was like, I was on the fence about booking my session. My back is killing me. Like, but I thought it might be better for me to come in. I'm like, okay, sure. Like, tell me about that. And um, she's like, well, I've been running a little bit more and I, I think that might be causing it. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. well, so number one, let's stop running and see if it goes away. Because yep. if, if it's that simple, then just don't run right now. And then we'll go figure out or, or try to work with a professional uh, physical therapist or something why running causes that issue. But for now, just stop it. And over the next couple of days, let's see if it goes away. All right. So, but, th- but they're there at the moment and they want to work out. So it's like, okay, tell me where the pain is. All right. Kind of near your hip, kind of your back on the one side of your body. All right, cool. Like, let's, let's see what you're capable of tonight. We'll try to run as much of your program as we can. And I'll just make modifications. I'm not doing deadlifts. Like first thing. Okay. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're not. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a second. And um, no, no, I'm not. Like, I'm scared. Like, because this person had previously hurt their back at some point doing deadlifts, uh, had gotten over that. And I get it. Like, you don't want to go back to that place again. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, deadlifts are on your program today. So we could do one of two things. Like, and, and I got the idea that this person was extremely afraid. Yep. So I'm like, all right, the fear alone is going to make me nervous at yep. this point. They're going to be so stiff and tense that I don't want them doing deadlifts because they're so afraid. Yep. So I agreed, like, let's keep the same movement pattern, which is a glute bridge, you know, a very, very regressed version of what we would call a hip dominant exercise. You want to try glute bridges? Yes, I'll try glute bridges. Great. Here's what I'm going to do. Start with the glute bridges. Your other thing is an upper body push, and you're fine with that. So let's pair these two together like you would have had them. And I'm going to drop off a 17-pound kettlebell, which is you know far less than the 50 you had been using. So I want you to do glute bridges. If at some point you feel like you're feeling in the right places, your back feels good, and you want to try it, we'll, we'll limit the range of motion on your hip hinge, and we'll try it. All right, but I'm not going to make you. So I, I circle back around a couple minutes later, and she's already doing it on her own, trying nice. the hip hinge nice. at a minimum range of motion like we talked about. I'm like, hey, how's it feeling? She's like, actually, the glute bridge just felt good, so I wanted to give this a try. There you go. Awesome. So she's doing essentially top half of the um, deadlift, maybe a quarter range of motion, right? So it's the same exercise that we should have been doing, super regressed it to a glute bridge. That felt okay. Gave her the confidence to try the kettlebell deadlift, which was her exercise or one of her exercises for the day, at a quarter range of motion. I'm like, okay, I'm happy with this. You're slowing it down on the tempo. You're feeling in the right places. You don't have back pain. And she's like, can I go up on the weight? I'm like, well, that might be pushing it, right? So let's keep the pink kettlebell for today. And, you know, let's get through the rest of your workout. So I was very happy. Yeah, and that's, that's happened great. a lot of times. And then this person, like a lot of other people, after the session had said, like, look, my back actually feels better now that I came in. Yep. Now, if I had told her, you know what, toughen it out. Let's use that green kettlebell. Yep. Try it anyway. Yep. And she was scared. And maybe she would have been done for three weeks with severe back pain, yep. you know? like So there's yep. just ways to go about it uh, to, to ease people into it and... And then on the other end of the spectrum, what I really like, what I really like about that scenario is that you didn't say, oh, you know what, deadlifts equal bad and back pain. So since you're in back pain, we cannot deadlift. I said, oh, no, like if at some point, one, if you said, let's do deadlifts right now, would have never done them. Mm-hmm. Even if it was the pink kettlebell. All right, no, no, we don't have a glute bridge option today. You're yeah. going to deadlift uh, and we're going to give you this kettlebell. Even though it's lighter, you're deadlifting. 
Um, but giving the option of saying like, all right, here's the regressed exercise. If you feel comfortable, go ahead and do it. Puts them in a position of gain when they decide to do it, one. And then two, they just did the deadlift. And then I think uh, ultimately seeing how many people when they come in and if they're in a position of discomfort, how closely they can come to, come to actually doing their program that yeah. was designed for them that yeah. day. I think that uh, can I think almost that do it usually yeah, with, exactly. with some minor modifications. Sometimes a little more than others, but yeah, it's crazy actually. Sometimes how capable people end up being. Sorry, I cut you off. You no, say? no, exactly. I, I think that's the big thing. There is that like if we can come really close to doing your training program and you could do it pain free, even though you're a little bit nervous about doing the exercises. The whole goal is that you're not working. You're not. You're not feeling the pain that you walked in with when you're doing the exercises. Uh, and you're still able to push pretty hard from a fitness perspective. So I think that's huge, absolutely huge. Um, so in my own experience, uh, I've had random back injuries uh, from a bunch of things. I've had like things where I've tweaked my back, um, but I've always done some type of training. Why are you laughing? Age. <laughs> <laughs> I was it, fine it, until my 50s yeah, came. It, <laughs> <laughs> it all fell apart at that yeah. point. Um, but I've always uh, tried to train at least in some capacity, working around that pain to keep myself moving. And more times than not, I felt better while staying active and moving than sitting on the couch. So for me personally, if I have back pain already and I'm stuck on a couch for any reason, I tend to be more stiff and experience more pain in more areas than if I had been able to find a way to move. And now I know sometimes it's just not possible. Like for me, when my back this recently this year had gone into spasms from pulling it um, doing, you know, just a daily activity, one of those random one in a million type of things. Or for me, it was twice in a year type of thing. I don't know what was going on with me, but <laughs> old age. We got a quota to hit low back <laughs> twice a year. Um, there, there was a day or two where it, it, moving wasn't an option. But as soon as it was an option, I went for it. And the only other time I can remember where moving was not an option was when I had a motorcycle accident, in which point, like, I tried to move. Adrenaline was running. I was able to move that day, and then that was a bad, bad decision because I, I really regretted that the next couple days and into the next few months, actually. Uh, but other than that, most of the time, even if it's an injury from lifting that I've had, I'm able to move doing something similar to the exercise, slowing the tempo down or uh, changing the, um, the weight of the exercise or changing the exercise itself. I think that's a big part of uh, Dr. Rabinowitz, too. And when, when he has patients over there for his chiropractic office across the street shout out strive to move he always uh yeah he always promotes that they still exercise which is a little bit of a different message than i know from other people who have seen other mm, doctors yeah they've said things like do not squat do not deadlift do not exercise maybe you can go for a walk uh whereas i know that you know with dr binowitz we're like hey you could still do upper body you can still do core you might even be able to split squat maybe you could even bridge with this back pain if none of that gives you pain then you could probably do it but make sure you're still doing your exercises that we're going to give you that are more specifically targeted to decrease your back pain while also not making it worse in your training that's a huge message for a lot of people to hear because i think a lot of people think as soon as i feel a pain symptom even if it's above a level two out of ten let's say three or four uh, and it's you know, really not that debilitating, I should stop and I should do nothing until I feel 100% again. And I think that's, uh, that's probably the wrong message, uh, not being a pain specialist by any means. But it seems to be with my experience, with your experience, and then conversations we've had with pain specialists that we, uh, that we respect that let's still try to exercise you know, that's, that's an important part of this whole process is that you're not sedentary. In fact, they, that may make it worse. I think it, um, we need to touch on uh, how we, we always err on the side of caution, too, when it comes to this. Like, so we have our own, you know, concerning ourselves, we kind of know ourselves at this point, training and, and the pain and the type of pain we're experiencing, what we can do. But when it's a member complaining of pain, we take it very seriously. We don't, you know, oh, it's probably just nothing and a big deal. Like it, we're Way more serious than we do ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care about our own backs, um, only yours. Because let's just be real. Like There are stories of people who have had a certain type of back pain and then needed surgery or, or threw out a disc or, or whatever. You know, um, So those scenarios, albeit kind of rare, are very scary for people. And like nobody wants to get there. Yeah. Uh, so we do take it extremely seriously. And we try to err much on the side of caution when it comes to it as well. 
Yeah, and the, the low back's obviously the one that most people can relate to, but same things apply for knees, shoulders, elbows, whatever the case is. If you have a if you have pain at a particular joint, uh, we do we will try exercises and check your range of motion and see what you can and can't do. And if the pain symptoms are there or get worse while training, then it's not part of your program. Simple as that. And then what else can we do to actually make you uh, perform fitness and try to accomplish your fitness goals while not exacerbating your pain, while hopefully sending you somewhere that can actually treat the pain. Solid. All right. So hopefully everybody here feels a little better and more comfortable moving at least or training in some capacity when there's pain at some level. You know, not every time. We're not telling you to do this all the time. <laughs> Sprint down the street. As soon as your back hurts, you'll feel better. <laughs> Throw a sandbag up in the air on the beach. <laughs> if you want your muscles to go crazy. It's the best way to get jacked and cure your back pain at the same time. All right. Questions are wrapped up. Nice. So today... We're going to talk about for the next, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, tops, how to trick you into going to the gym. Yeah. And Tricks. how James was tricked at That's one point right. in his life. That's I've never right. been tricked in my life, so I, I don't, can't relate to that. <laughs> Nobody's ever tricked me. Can't trick me. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, it sounds bad when you say it that way, right? Like, oh, we need to trick people to getting into the gym. But ultimately, in a lot of these cases, we do, unfortunately. And at this point, it's something we've discussed before in meetings, like, the amount of people that come in that say they never wanted to, that planned on hating it, and then had this preconceived notion that the gym isn't for them, that end up training here for years and are so happy that someone, either us, uh, their spouse, or one of their friends, tricked them into coming here <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, that how appreciative they are of that. Uh, and there's some hey, if, you're, if your spouse or friend tricked you into coming here, let us know how. Yeah. Because we want to use that tactic on more people. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, like from the perspective of like marketing your gym, uh, it's funny how, you know, we try to be so authentic and everything. Like, hey, you know, just try it out. Custom training program, but in a group setting, uh, not nearly as expensive as personal training, but it's definitely more expensive than like your average group training class. Uh, but come in here and try it. You have a, a low cost, if not free, trial period that you could take advantage of. And then after that, either sign up or don't. It's totally fine. Uh, but the amount of people that came in and were very vocal about having no intention of being here for a long period of time or for signing up in general after the trial period, and now they've been here for years. And then when we look back at some of those members, like what actually brought them in? in the first place and how many more of them are out there and then how many more of them have made the decision to not come in instead of uh, instead of coming in with the notion of never planning on actually coming for a long period of time. You know, I think that's a, it's a really interesting uh, conversation where if we could just trick a lot of people into coming in somehow, like, hey, you know, like, come on in. We have some candy in here. Like, <laughs> then lock the doors. And like, all right, here's your assessment. <laughs> you know, but like somehow get them the fast forward time to experience this for the first four to six hours and then make a decision based off of those four to six hours of can this be a part of their daily lives going forward? I think a lot of people would be surprised as to how much they would enjoy doing this and how easy it is to make it part of their lives on a weekly basis. And how good it makes them feel, too. I think a lot of people don't realize that that's a big part of this, too. And it's a big part about why I do it as well. Um, so how were you tricked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. So uh, second, gra yeah, second grade basketball. I used to play basketball um, outside all the time. Uh, and then I was uh, told by my mom and my stepdad, I believe, at the time that you're going to go play, like, on a team with other kids. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I will not be playing basketball with other people. I play basketball I'm way too good for everybody else. <laughs> Nobody can handle me. I can't play on a team. But having no idea what to expect, or we drove to the other side of town to this tryout, and then I was – my mom eventually, I think the deal was like, if you go and do this uh, – sign up for one of these teams and do this basketball workout today with this team – then I'll get you McDonald's after. And, oh, oh and you know the way did. to my soul. That's what she did every time that she needed you to do something. And then you always said yes. Undefeated McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery, 300 for 300 over the course of my life. Uh, so I go to this basketball workout, and I had an absolute blast. I, I was crying on the way there. Did the workout. 
left and I was, I had the best time ever. And I was like, that was the most fun. I literally, I could like bring myself to that moment walking out of the gym saying that was literally the most fun I've ever had. Like playing basketball with other people, uh, trying to get the ball into the basket. Dunking but like, on them, <laughs> crossing them up. The spin, like, you know, the spin move, fadeaway jumper uh, in like, in like high school kids' faces. You know? <laughs> uh, but it was like, I had so much fun. And then uh, what I realized, and I had no idea is that at that age, I was a little bit taller than everybody else. Uh, I grew a little, little early. Uh, so I was dominant. I was like, I was really good at basketball in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. After that, it all went downhill. You're like the white shack <laughs> with blonde hair. Just bodying people down low in the post. Dunk on everybody, broken yeah. the glass a couple times. <laughs> but I was the perfect example of like that kid that like parents were like, uh, how old is that kid? Because yeah. he looks way older than everyone else. Uh, and then by the time sixth or seventh grade came around, I was the same height as all the you know all the guards. Uh, but ultimately, like after that, after that one day, I didn't even want the McDonald's anymore. Like I was rewarded by what I had just experienced. And I think of that sometimes when people come in and they instantly give me that vibe of who I was in second grade going to play basketball for the first time. They walk in here like, I'm not into this. I'm here because my wife told me to be here. Or I'm in here because my friends tricked me into coming. But it's highly doubtful My friends that told me there'd be me McDonald's yet. after, so let's just hurry this up. <laughs> Excuse me, is the McDonald's downstairs? <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, like, I always think of that, of like, there's so, when people first come in, I know like some gyms and I've, I've had conversations with friends of mine about something like this, like, hey, you know what? Not everyone's a good client for you. I was like, give them a chance, <laughs> you know, just give them the opportunity to be a client before you just say like, oh yeah, the person gave me an attitude in the first five minutes. So, you know, they're, they're not a good, they're not good for us. They're not going to work hard. Like you have no idea. And there's so many people that not even like beyond their first assessment, the first session or two, I've thought this person is not a good member for what we do. And then by the time the trial's up a couple weeks later, I've totally thought completely different because they've probably thought completely different about what they just experienced. Mm -hmm. So instead of them coming in and saying, I fear this place, I'm nervous, uh, I'm intimidated, I have no idea what I'm doing, everyone's watching me, someone's gonna make fun of me, I'm in worse shape than everyone else, everyone else knows what they're doing besides me. Uh, My but, muscles are going to get so big, so <laughs> quick. I know it. <laughs> but now 14 days later, they're like, wow, none of that was true. And I can do this just like anybody else can. And I feel personally rewarded every time I do it. So now I like coming here. So now my I don't really have an attitude towards the trainers as much. And I feel like I've made a lot of friends amongst the trainers. I feel like you're, feel like you're thinking a couple of specific people here. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's definitely specific. some, there's the definitely some standouts. Trainers. Oh yeah. A couple eye rolls here or there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely been a few and some standout scenarios and some turnaround situations that I, I think are really interesting where if, if I, I think if this, if these particular people went to any other gym and had that, I'm turned off by fitness attitude, then a lot of other gyms would have probably said like, yeah, you know what? This probably isn't going to work. Or they would have tried to be overly salesy to the person to try to convince them to actually stay. Oh, it's not that bad. This is great. Aren't you having so much fun? Like, no, they're not. They're not having fun yet. But let them try it out for a few hours. You know, have them come three times in a week and then kind of let them make their own judgment call on what they like and what they don't like. And if you have a good enough product, then they'll probably stay. Yeah, good point. Good finishing point there. Good enough product. Is where it comes back to. Are we done? Is that it? Uh, let's see. 42 minutes in. We could save anything else for next time, can't we? Uh, well, one, that's to get people to actually come in. This is So our version of McDonald's <laughs> is that we have introductory specials. So if you're ever trying to convince someone to do this because you think it could help them and it could change their life, then we always have introductory specials. One, they always get their assessment free. It's an hour, that first workout, where we kind of go through you know, the questionnaire first, get an idea as to what their goals are, and then we'll take them through the workout after that and see what exercise we think would be a good fit for both their goals and what their capabilities are. And then uh, the, the one thing that I'll get a lot is that like the expense thing, you know, like this costs too much money. Uh, and for this is really common for people who have only paid for fitness in the means of a membership mm -hmm. or group exercise classes. Uh, and generally speaking, a membership, what, 30 to 50 bucks a month, 
Yeah, then, or ten bucks a month, depending yeah, yeah, on you yeah, know yeah, where you're gonna go. That. It could, could get a lot lower. Yeah, and then some group fitness programs are like anywhere between eighty to like one hundred and fifty dollars a month or something like that. Um, so they'll they'll consider us expensive relative to that, and that is totally fine after you've tried it. If you do it for fourteen days and you think it's too expensive and the value of what you're being provided isn't worth the money, I totally understand. But to say it's too expensive before trying it, I don't think that's a great idea. And I say that in my instance specifically because I held out on a business mentorship for years. And then when I decided to finally pull the trigger, I, I, was, I was paying a lot of money. So this business mentorship is $1,000 a month. And I remember years ago saying like, yeah, this is cool. I think it would be beneficial, but I'm not paying $1,000 a month. And then I decided, you know what, let me just have a conversation with these guys and, you know, see what this is like and see if I think it's, if it's something that could benefit me and the business that I run. And then after one conversation, 60 minutes, I'm like, you know what, like, this is why they have it. Because he just spelled out to me a lot of the weak links that I have in my business that could be beneficial for myself. And I am, I now think that this is worth a thousand dollars a month. So that's, I mean, that's an introductory special, like, in that realm, too. It's like a business mentorship or um, some sort of mastermind type deal. And same thing with, uh, with training. Uh, I thought for two years that it was too expensive before I even gave them a shot. Now I regret it, and I wish two years ago I had that conversation because I would have said then, even I would have said then, regardless of the financial circumstance, I would have said, these guys are worth $1,000 from a business mastermind standpoint. And it took me years to pull the trigger on it. Um, and then months later, I'm, I'm very happy that I did. Uh, so ultimately, you really can't determine if it's too expensive until you try it. Because it may be, if it's 10x as beneficial as the group fitness program that you were doing, and it's only 2x the price, then chances are you might end up finding it worth it. And you may just find a way to come up with the money, whether it's uh, you have a few... Uh, a lesser grocery list or if you just decide to go starving for a couple of weeks just kidding just <laughs> is your mortgage that important just kidding. <laughs> um, kids diapers <laughs> there's you know uh, and, then, them early. And, I, and a lot of people are also very like they're nervous to try it and not sign up after your trial period if it's not worth it do not sign up and that goes for everything not just the gym if you get some sort of trial period or some businesses like hey try our program out and if they get mad at you for not buying after, mm. it's on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's their fault. They didn't provide enough value. A, a, you joining a gym is a trade. We are giving you what we think could change your life from a fitness perspective. And in exchange, you pay money. That's a trade. If you don't sign up, it means the trade wasn't worth it for you. And that is on us as a fitness program that we weren't beneficial enough for the dollars that you were going to spend. And that goes for everything. Yeah, everything, everything you're gonna buy. Either either the value was clearly explained to you, and you and you thought that it was of that value to you, so you traded your dollars for it, or you did not, and that's okay with us too. There's a lot of people that I think when they say that, I'm thinking of somebody specific now who's on a trial, and they're like, "There's no way I'm affording this when I'm done, so I'm just not gonna do my trial." And I was like, "No, do your trial." Number one, if you love it and still say you didn't afford, you can't afford it. I'm not gonna have the value conversation with you anyway. Mm. You know, like that's, I'm not gonna talk about that. But like, if, if that's what you say to me at the end, great. I'm glad you tried it. And if you say like, I really like it, I just can't afford it. Well, guess what? You can tell your friend, you can tell your family member who maybe, they'll, maybe they're gonna afford it, I don't know. So it's still a win for us that people know we exist. So I tell that people like, look, we're glad that you know we exist at the end of this. Maybe someday you'll come back and train, it's fine. But I think what they're saying sometimes is like, I can't afford it. And I know you're going to have this super pushy sales conversation with me at the end. And I'm trying to avoid that. Yep. And I think we're really good at not doing that and understanding like, well, okay, value wasn't there. That's on us. If you don't sign up, we will, we know where you live and we'll come knock on your door and beg you pretty much every single day to sign up. Oh, I'm, I just oh, bring McDonald's to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I leave a trail of McDonald's chicken nuggets heading back to the gym. Works every time. <laughs> but in another, on another story, like someone recently did their trial and said, I want to learn what to do in the gym. So they were specifically here to learn what to do in the gym. Uh, so accountability wasn't an issue. They had been going to the gym previously and they just wanted like, I need to know more about working out. Like, can I sign up for a month? It's like, well, do your trial. He's like, yeah, but I don't really want to sign up long-term. Totally makes sense. 
So did their trial after the trial, like, you know what? I, I have a good idea as to the exercises that you gave me that I want to do that on my own at a gym. I was like, cool. Like accountability isn't your issue. And if you think you're going to be able to do this and you kind of have somewhat of a ideas to how to progressively overload yourself over time, which this person did, they didn't sign up and that's totally fine. Don't sign up. But we definitely changed that person's life in 14 days because they learned the exercises that are best fit for them, the reason why they're the best exercises for them, and how they should manipulate the variables to increase the difficulty on a weekly basis with the program that they're going to make for themselves. So that's, you know, that's game-changing for us, life-changing for them. Awesome. Changing lives, left and right. That's right. And then after all that, do we talk about the February special? <laughs> hey, John, did you know? <laughs> If you know someone, on a serious note, if you know someone who qualifies for all the things that we just said and you think that they would appreciate what we do, have them try it out. We have an eight weeks, 50% off membership, two-day-a-week membership, unlimited membership. One of those memberships, you come in and you get 50% off. You get your free assessment first. If they hate us, they don't have to come back. And then if they do the trial after eight weeks, they, again, they never have to come back. So if you know anybody who you think we can help, you let them know. Give them my cell phone number if you have it. Send them this podcast. <laughs> if they like McDonald's and they think they'll get big <laughs> muscles when they start training and they want to do a, a special for February, send them this podcast. And if they can dunk a basketball in second grade. Yeah. What all else mandatory. do we talk about? Hang on. Oh, and if they have back pain. If they have all those things. <laughs> if, they're, if they lack one, don't send yeah, them. Yeah, bad fan. <laughs> bad fan. We're done. All right, guys. That's it. Peace. Peace out. Hey everybody, John here again. Sorry to do this to you. I know you've been at this uh, over 50 minutes now, but really quick, wanted to just let you know that I did get a link working uh, that links you to our website. It's gonna be in the show notes going forward that you can click on and then you can take a survey and then voice your opinion uh, in a uh, multiple choice fashion and also vote between me and James who has a better radio voice. If, if nothing else, at least go do that. At least because most of you I think are telling me that it's me, but I wanna have proof that I can show James that I'm better than him at this, um, at least voice-wise. So so at least do that. But there are some serious questions in there that I appreciate your feedback and will help uh, this be a better experience for you. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time.